All right, guys, welcome back to the Part-Time Hunter Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Gross, fired up for another one and really fired up for this spring turkey season. Golly, I'm getting worthless at work, I can tell you that much. Just a few little minor tweaks. Just, you know, before we get to the show and we talk about something that could probably, you know, be very educational, I just wanted to get this off my chest. Listen, guys, listen. Just a public service announcement. If you post something on the internet, the worldwide global internet, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google, whatever, if you put a picture or a short video or some kind of a content, if you throw it out there into the international waters of the internet and somebody shares it and then tags you in it, of course, and says, man, this is crazy. Look at this. Or, man, what an awesome picture. I just don't understand why guys get their butt hurt and their feelings and their titty baby comes out just to scream and cry and say, I can't believe you're posting my picture like that. What the hell's wrong with you? Listen, dude, let me stop you there. You posted it on the worldwide interweb. It's gone. If, you know, it's, it's gone. It's out of your control. I can... I can literally screenshot or save whatever I want, go to the the local printer shop and have it printed on a 40-foot by 50-foot glossy widescreen and post it into my shop here, and I can have it forever, and there's nothing the hell you can do about it. So it just blows my mind why people think that a global thing you post on and somebody just happens to share it because they admire it or whatever, uh, it... That really blows my mind. I don't know why people get their feelings hurt. If you want all your private content, then don't post that shit. Just keep it. Keep it in a dark, safe closet or a hard drive that no one will ever see it. And don't share it. And then you can say, oh, yeah, nobody will ever see this because it's mine. But if you post it, guess what? It's gone. It's freaking gone. In the day we live in, people share content. Uh, Now, I I am going to say if you share somebody's content, you know, if you're nice enough to tag them, you know, that, you know, give credit where credit's due. But at the same time, guys, if somebody shares your stuff, take it as a compliment. If, if anybody, if any of you guys out there listening, if you go to my Instagram or my YouTube and you, you know, save a video or make a reel out of it, or if you take a picture off of my Instagram and share it, dude, I don't care. That's, that's flattering. I take that as a compliment. Feel free to use anything you'd like. They're totally fine with me. But uh, some guys, man, I don't know. It's like petting a dog backwards. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand why that puts people in such a bad mood. Also, gripe number two, uh, man, some of these Facebook groups on the turkey hunting stuff, it is super, super, super entertaining, man. It seems like the stuff that gets people the most butthurt is guns, shells, TSS, bum, 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 TSS. People just lose their freaking ever-loving mind about TSS. I had a really good conversation with a guy actually this week. If you guys checked out the Mojo Buck 80 Instagram, had a very nice cordial conversation. Uh, you know, it seems like when these guys, when you throw logic and common sense into the argument in a very polite way, people seem to never comment back. Isn't that funny? So, you know, I think the argument comes down to, it's kind of like in America, without getting political, we saved that content for the BS reports, if you guys haven't caught up on that on the show, but... um if you take, like right now, like the shootings, like the mass shootings and the school shootings, a lot of the liberal left media likes to blame, you know, the inanimate object. And they want to restrict the inanimate object for, you know, because obviously guns take themselves off of a gun shelf in a store or they take themselves out of a parent's closet and then they just go commit these horrible atrocities by themselves, obviously. So we need to regulate the gun. If you would take that same common sense logic and say, hey, there may be a mental crisis here with these children that are growing up in broken homes with crazy inputs of garbage they're watching on social media. How about you take that logic and instead of blaming the technology that is TSS, how about instead of blaming a shot shell for people being unethical, how about we change the mentality of hunters and say, hey, maybe you shouldn't take that 70-yard shot, my boy. Maybe it's not. It's a low-percentage shot. Maybe wait till he, you know, gets in your wheelhouse or, you know, maybe if you pattern your gun and you know what it's going to do, you know, take an ethical shot. Don't always feel the pressure of having to fill a tag. And if the turkey wins sometimes, then the turkey wins. It's not that big of a deal. 
I'm telling you guys, the pressure of social media where, you know, you always see, you know, and I like the YouTube creators that do post stuff where, you know, they show the realistic side of hunting where, you know, six out of 10 times they don't shoot a turkey. But, you know, you see, you know, like the highlight reel that just came out of Real Tree Spring Thunder where you see 50 birds die in an hour and a half. That's not very realistic, folks. I mean, just let me let me tell you here. You know, you don't have to go out on opening day, and you don't have to shoot a turkey. If it happens, that's great. The Lord blessed you with a beautiful morning, and you walk out with a spring long beard over your shoulder. But, uh, you know, that's just not reality. So instead of blaming TSS and the capabilities it has as far as, yeah, maybe you can shoot further than 40 yards, but at the same time, you're the one pulling the trigger. The turkey hunter the brain between the ears, the man with the trigger finger, that's the person that we need to try to reach with these TSS, anti-TSS purist arguments, guys. TSS is the better mousetrap. TSS kills quickly and more efficiently on target with a payload that a copper lead load could never, ever touch, not even in the same atmosphere. So at least we can agree on that, right? So, like I said, guys, not to start the show off with any kind of controversial stuff. This is going to be a great episode. Just just break it down. Use common sense. Let's change the mindset of these young turkey hunters coming up in the game. They want the nicest gun, the red dots, all the fancy stuff, the nicest expensive shells, badass choke. I don't blame them. That's, if that stuff was around when I was 14, I'd want it too. But uh, whether you're a seasoned turkey hunter or whether you're, you know, this is your first, you know, off-season going into opening day. Uh, take it with a grain of salt. Trust me, guys. Let the turkey win. Don't force stupid shots. Use ethical hunting practices. And if and if we ever have to question, well, hunters, you know, you just expect them to be ethical. You're damn right I do. That's in anything. You know, your moral compass will guide the way. Respect the animal. Use TSS the right way. And, uh, and, and don't crucify people on social media. And definitely don't crucify a shotgun shell whenever we should be pointing the finger at ourselves. So with all that said, whoo, that feels good to get on the mic and say that to you guys. If you agree, shoot me a message. Let me know what you think. Uh, you know, if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. If you agree, shoot me a high five. Love you guys. Let's start the show. Hunt 49. What a freaking awesome app. Let's get this guy on the phone. Episode 47. Let's go. You know, the regulations, the bag limits, just everything you want to know state by state. It's so it's such a it honestly surprises me why there's not more apps like this, but it's it's so cool. It saves you so much time from doing research, especially going on turkey tours and out of state trips. So it's really, really such, is, such a cool subject. So Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, that is exactly why we did it. Dude, that's balling. So I, I think uh we got a lot of first time guys actually when I looked at the demographics and Going through some of these uh, <laughs> these entertaining turkey group pages on Facebook, man, I'm telling you, wow, <laughs> the the stuff you read on there, and like I, I I'm not gonna say I, I'm guilty of putting a post out there just to troll it, just to see what people say because it is so funny. But yeah, dude, like a lot of guys out there, it makes me feel sad because if they don't have a dad or a brother or a best friend that turkey hunts and can show them actually how to do this the right way, it's sad the amount of input they can get from social media. So. Yes. It's going to be interesting. I, I have to take those groups, uh, in, you know, sporadically. Oh, Because yeah. it just, it drives me insane to see what some people are saying. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Part-Time Hunter Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Gross. Glad to have you guys on another one. And I'm telling you, man, the turkey content is rolling in strong. We got some killer episodes coming down the pipe. If you haven't already, go check us out on Instagram, YouTube, the Mojo Buck Productions page. Just did a killer pattern video over there on the Pawn Shop Turkey Gun. And tonight on the show, we have Chris Barnes. Sorry, Chris. I had to go find my phone, man. Chris <laughs> Barnes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit that out. Probably not. But Chris Barnes, Hunt 49. Uh, Chris, just so thankful for having you on the show, man. I think this show is going to be action-packed. Uh, a lot of stuff to cover. Your your app that you got going on, Hunt 49. And, uh, man, just, just welcome to the show, man. Hey, I appreciate you having me. I, I'm excited. Um, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have not heard of Hunt 49, so um, I hope to change that and hope they find it useful. 
Dude, I, I'm telling you, as soon as uh, Chris uh, reached out to us on Facebook, uh, you know, I'm sure he found us through the interwebs. Uh, the show's growing rapidly, all thanks to you guys out there listening. But uh, had a short conversation about his app, Hunt 49, and I immediately downloaded it. And uh, before we dive into the app, uh, for all the guys out there that hasn't heard about it, you know, where, where can they find you on social media? And also, you know, what's the best place to download this app if they want to check it out? Um. Of course, Instagram hunt underscore 49. Um, the app's free to download, free to use. You can find it in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, either one. Uh, like I said, it's, it's totally free to download, free to use, and our goal is to always keep it free to the end user. And then, obviously, we've got a website as well, hunt49.com. Um, identical information both places either the app or the website that that is so cool man and that was something that i was i was really surprised at the amount of massive amounts of detailed just information that is in this you know that you can tote in the turkey woods in your pocket never have an excuse to not know this stuff it's free and that's what was shocking i was like okay well maybe some of it will be free for like one state and then you have to do a membership no it's completely wide open encyclopedia for the turkey hunter built by turkey hunters so really really cool i can't wait to dive into it uh to tell the guys out there chris what part of the country are you at and uh, you know kind of going into that how did you get into turkey hunting well i'm in southern middle tennessee i've uh, been here pretty much my whole life uh i've been turkey hunting as actually was was researching last night trying to figure out the exact date the season the year the season first opened in my county it was either i'm fixing a date myself is either 84 or 85 and i've been hunting turkeys ever since wow uh it took me a couple of years to figure it out i killed my first one in 86 and man i i've i've been a changed man ever since it, it it has really um turkeys and turkey hunting has really blessed my life you know not only get to chase the birds but the relationships you make and you know it, it's such a cool thing that that is really cool so that that's a very unique upbringing uh because like you know when i started you know i was in middle school this was in the early 2000s uh you know nobody in my family other than you know my granddad's had turkey hunting my dad had never tried it so you know Obviously, you know, the resources back then, there was no Instagram, wasn't really big. There was Facebook, of course. But, I mean, really, you went to the sporting goods store and you bought, you know, a green pack of Primos calls, whatever it was, came with a Truth DVD, and uh, you went home and tried to educate yourself on how to call turkeys and, you know, kind of what you saw on the Outdoor Channel also, you know, in a DVD set. So that's so unique. Like back in the 80s, like when – so when you started off your turkey hunting career – were you solo or did you, you know, what, what did you do for outside influence to kind of learn how to do that back then? Well, I was very fortunate. I had an uncle that had uh, traveled to other parts of the state and done a little turkey hunting. And then I, I guess the, um, the greatest thing for me when they did the restoration efforts, one of the areas in our county where they released birds was about a mile from our family farm. Oh, man, you so, can't beat that. <laughs> it, it was several years before we had, you know, a huntable population on our farm, but they were always around. You know, I, I've got this, this distinct memory from that time there's an ag field just right up the highway from our house and um seeing cars pulled off the side of the road on the shoulder just sitting there watching birds peck or peck around in a cornfield because you know at that time people in this part of the country had never seen a wild turkey that's crazy so oh yeah yeah but after the the restocking efforts um they just took off and they they thrived yeah i've been I've been fortunate to hunt a bunch of states and a bunch of places, but it's hard to find somewhere where the hunting is, is better than at home. Yeah. I, I have often thought that too. I, and I've done some Western swings and, and, and this spring I'm, I'm going to go out to the East coast, which is something new for me. I usually travel westward or North of, of North Georgia. And uh, it, it, it is interesting, man. It's, it's almost like yeah, I've had some really good experiences out of state. Like I'm sure you have too, but it, it, there's there's nothing like you know a good hard goblin eastern turkey that's hot 
Uh, I mean, that's some of my, you know, prized possessions and some of those memories, uh, you know, just hunting at home or like, you know, like in the Southeast in general. But yeah, it's so funny how, oh, yeah. how turkeys act different. Well, on some of your trips, like, can you recall, like, you know, what, what was your, what was a really good memory of you traveling out of state? Like, what, what was your favorite state you've done so far? Well, my, my buddy and I have a saying, you hunt out West and it's a tree, you hunt hunt in the east and it's a chore <laughs> and that, you know, I, I would agree with that i, I say that tongue-in-cheek but yeah anywhere for a guy that lives in the east especially the southeast you get to go hunt a rio or a miriam out west and it it really is a treat i mean i i've said it a bunch of times every serious turkey hunter um deserves a chance at a hard goblin miriams uh, there's just nothing like it Oh, man, I, I've always called it, I think I've actually mentioned it on a previous show, but I, I, I call the Merriam turkey and, and the Rio, too. Uh, I call that the, the the turkey hunter's turkey because if you love reaction on a call and, you know, a lot of calling, you know, <laughs> as much as you can do in the morning, that's the turkey you want to try to get on because, man, Merriams are just, God, oh, yeah. they're super vocal, answer to anything, and, you know, and, and that makes for a fun hunt, too. But, yeah, that, that, that's so funny you say that because I've, I've interviewed guys that, that live out west in Wyoming and Colorado, and they're always like, man, I'd love to get on an eastern and, you know, turn up the intensity <laughs> a little bit. It's, it, it's always like everybody wants to go away from what they have, but it's man, – right. man, that's crazy, dude. So uh, have you, you – know Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, at these shows, a lot of times guys will ask me, you know, what's the hardest state? And I always say, you know, Tennessee, because of course that's where I'm from. But honestly, if you can kill an eastern in the southeast, you can kill a turkey in any state. Um, I, and I think, I think any, we heard some serious. <laughs> I think we heard some feelings so. in that one. <laughs> well, that's okay. I, I, I tell you, I'm a hard southeastern. Uh, Eastern Turkey is going to be the hardest one you encounter, in in my opinion. Oh, no, I, kill, I would 100% agree with that. Yeah, yeah. If you can kill one in Mississippi or Alabama or Georgia or Tennessee, yeah, you won't have any any problem at all in these other states. Oh, yeah, and, and especially when you, when you chop up, you know, when you dive in deeper, when you drill down into that, you know, if you say, oh, well, you know, I, I've even, you know, I'm not even afraid to admit this on the show. I, I have had my absolute tail whooped by a private land turkey with no hunting pressure and just, oh, yeah. I mean, terrain and the time of year and hens going on. I mean, they, they can humble you quick, and that's what's cool about turkey hunting is I think we learn something every time we go. But then if you want to drill down into that, you know, go to one of these Alabama WMAs as an out-of-state guy on opening day, and then you'll really find out. <laughs> how uh how yes. much fun it can be <laughs> absolutely you um you asked me uh about a cool experience traveling um and this will kind of kind of show a guy how fun a, a miriams can be first time i carried my son to montana um i think he was probably 13 14 at the time we um we'd been hunting in wyoming and, and killed some birds there so drove up into montana and we're looking at some public but didn't have anywhere in mind so we we hadn't bought uh hadn't bought tags yet so we're driving down the road been driving for a while just dirt road and um somebody in the car you know needed to get out stretch their legs so we pulled off on the side of the road checked on x and it was public so my hunting partner, Brian, pulls his box call out just for the heck of it and calls and gets a gobble. Golly. And, and, and we're just, you know, we picked this spot. Couldn't have been any more random. So we <laughs> all look at each other in disbelief, go to check our phones. And, of course, there's no no service. We hadn't had phone service in, in 30 miles probably. Oh, wow. So we, we jumped back in the car drive an hour round trip to the nearest town to buy turkey tags come back to that same spot hike in and double kill two Miriam's gobblers jeez that that's about the coolest traveling hunt i've ever had and 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 don't you wish it worked out like that all the time 
<laughs> well, you know, kind those, of, those of. wouldn't be so special if if they were common. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I and 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 sometimes like as a turkey hunter, the struggle. And those battles, like, you know, if you're out of state solo and you've been on a, the same group of birds or the same bird for two or three days and you finally do, you know, get to, you know, checkmate him, you know, on the morning or afternoon that you get a hold of him. That that right there, too, the battle is kind of, you know, most of the fun. But, yeah, dude, I mean, driving that far, I mean, that's a, that's a haul from Tennessee. That's, that's over a day's drive. Oh, yeah. That's a full commitment. Yeah. And uh, traveling – is kind of the theme of this podcast. So, yeah, diving into the Hunt 40, 49 app, what was the inspiration? Was it was it the trips that you took and the amount of information you were having to do and foot and legwork? Is that kind of like what brought on you to, to go to this endeavor? It really was. You know, um, I tell people I, I designed it selfishly because I needed it. You know, anybody <laughs> that has traveled much knows – Let's just be frank, how bad some of these state websites are. Oh, they're terrible. How hard it is to um, find the information you need. You know, I was always the guy when we traveled that I was usually the one to look up when when is the season? How many can we kill? Um, what kind of license do I need to buy? You know, so... I don't know. It was just a natural progression. Um, kind of, we did a did a single season slam in twenty twenty, and then that was also the year that that my hunting buddy Brian and I decided that we were gonna gonna be serious about trying to kill all forty nine. Uh, so that was probably the year that the idea was born, and then. You know, I say it, it, it really started on a turkey hunt in Ohio in 2021. That's, that's when I kind of told Brian what I was thinking and we kicked around some ideas, what it should contain, what it shouldn't, what it would look like. And, um, you know, just went from there. So I, I'm in the app right now, actually, guys. And, and just like we mentioned and Chris mentioned in the beginning of the show, if you guys want to go uh, check this out, all you got to do, if you got an Apple phone, which most of us do, go to the Apple Store, type in Hunt 49. It's it's most likely going to be the first one that popped up. The same for me when I downloaded it. But when you get to the the home screen, uh, navigation, it's really, really intuitive. Did you, did you have a background in making apps, or did you have to work with somebody? Or did you have this kind of background? Well... Funny story, um, in 2021, you know, after turkey season, when I got serious about it, first thing I did was was talk to a, a web developer, and um, okay. I think I had a quote for $5,000 to build this website, and it was going to be much more basic than what I ended up with. Wow. And, and I'm thinking, do you know how many turkeys I can kill for $5,000? <laughs> one Osceola and seven out-of-state trips other than Florida. <laughs> so, um, long story short, yeah, I taught myself how to build a website. Dude, dude, that is – so, like, all, all this is just – self, like, you, you self-taught and, and laid this out. It like is. Yourself. Wow, that, that – wow, I'm, I'm even more impressed now. That's crazy. I'm a, a tech guy. You know, I do uh, electronic repair for a living – Okay. Uh, mainly cell phones, you know, small handheld electronics. So I'm sitting in front of a computer all day, every day anyway. So in my downtime, um, I just started learning, started putting stuff together. That That is so cool. So so when you land on, on the opening page of this, guys, I'm on it right now, you can go to an interactive map of the, the entire U.S. here, even Hawaii. He's got it down there because obviously you can kill turkeys in Hawaii too. But uh, one thing I found is when you go to the top right, and th this is on an Apple iPhone, you can you can just literally look up anything you'd like to. So state, subspecies, open and close date, frequently asked questions. Uh, so when when I go to the state and I scroll down to Georgia, the, when I opened this up for the first time, I was like, dude, the amount of information compiled in here is incredible. So like if you're going to take a trip to my home state, you can see the subspecies. Uh, tags, you know, it breaks down over the counter, you know, but some WMAs are draw only. 
uh, application period, electronic or print. Uh, I mean, hunter education requirements, the 24 season dates, uh, e- even the youth hunt and the disabled hunts, decoys allowed. I mean, like the, the amount, it's very extensive. He's even got license uh, pricing, interactive map of public lands links, a link to where you can actually buy the license. I mean, there, there's not really a stone unturned in this thing. And something we felt was really important, we've got the same information for every state in the same order. So if you're planning a a five-state trip and you need a quick reference, you know, what are the season dates going to be for Tennessee, Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, and South Dakota? Boom, boom, boom. You know exactly where to get it. Dude, that's so wicked. So like, I'm doing some, I'm doing some e scouting right now in Virginia. I'm going out there with a buddy, and uh, I was just curious what the what the non resident you know looks like. And I mean, it's not even bad. I think you can hunting license non resident 111 bucks, uh, turkey license 20 what's 23 dollars for a resident. Yeah, I mean, this is just it's just crazy the amount of of uh, how long how long did it take to to get this where it was done and up and people could download it. Um. You know, that, of course, the first time loading all this information was a, a lot more labor-intensive than it is updating it every year. Okay. But um, from the time I decided to pull the trigger and do it, which was probably, I don't know, June 2021, I, I worked on it pretty steady through the end of the year. You know, I had family members helping me do research. Uh my buddy Brian, his receptionist, I think it was oh, helping wow. a little bit. So, um, yeah, it was a lot of information. But now that it's plugged in there, really the, the yearly updates aren't that bad because most states don't change a lot other than the dates and maybe the license costs. Man, that's so cool. And then, like, one of the things I like, too, is if you hit subspecies, you can actually – I mean, it, you know, say you're looking for, I mean, obviously the Osceola, you know, you know, I actually, there, there we had a really good conversation with a guy going down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> I had a really good conversation with a guy on the call-in show and he had guided down in South Florida. And I said, isn't it funny how you know, I have this dark side of my mind where I just had these like crazy evil ideas. And I was like, what if somebody took a cattle trailer and went down there and trapped, you know, 30, as many, as many male and female Osceolas as you could get in there. And what if you just dragged them to, you know, either like the swamps of Louisiana or even like coastal Carolinas, like kind of that, you know, Spanish mosh-ish. And what if you started a colony there and kind of broke the monopoly of people having to go to South Florida? But, I mean, obviously, uh, Mr. Uh, Guy that wears jeans that are green, I know it's highly illegal. I mean, I get that. I'm just saying it surprises me. It surprises me like that somebody hasn't – hasn't tried to do that, you know, but I mean, I guess, it, I guess it just is what it is, but yeah. So Osceola's Eastern's Rio Grande, Merriam's and the Goulds. Speaking of Goulds, uh, we're going to have Mr. Jay Scott on the show, uh, next week. And if you guys have ever researched Gould turkeys, he's like the number one thing that comes up on Google. There's so many famous people. So if you guys like Goulds or have ever wondered about going to Mexico to do that, Stay tuned. But, yeah, so if you want to plan an out-of-state trip like most of us do, obviously January through February, you're just drooling on the computer trying to type away and try to figure out, you know, okay, I can hit this state. If I'm successful here, then I'll have time freed up to go here and there. It's kind of how our turkey hunting, you know, out-of-state trip mind works. But, I mean, if, if you turkey hunt at all, uh, the mission statement that I like when you go down to the home screen here is uh, this site is dedicated to the wonderful passion of spring turkey hunter art hunting. Our goal is to encourage you to expand your season by expanding your boundaries. And that's that's really what uh, taking an out-of-state trip is. So uh, you know, get this app, download it, uh, go follow Chris's page and let him know that you heard it on the show. Just a crazy amount of information. And, and obviously, you know, by a serious turkey hunter that's been doing it since there was a turkey season in Tennessee. So he knows what he's doing. Uh, just, uh, man, I, this app is blowing my mind, dude, the more I get into it. So talking about turkey trips, what what are some of the preparations? Uh, obviously, you've you've knocked off some states. Is, how many states do you have left in your, your 49 chase yourself? 
Oh, I'm just getting started good. I, I think I've got 17. Um, wow. Yeah. That's a good start. Yeah, well, <laughs> like I said, we, we officially started, uh, decided to do it in, in 2020. Um, so, yeah, I guess in, in three seasons we've done pretty good, but it, it's still a long list to go. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I think that's kind of cool, though, because – I mean, it's something to look forward to every year. You know, you get to see different country, and that's what a, a lot of the people don't realize that. You think, oh, you know, turkey hunting, I'm in the woods somewhere. Dude, I'm telling you, when you go to these, you know, far western corners or, or southern corners, even the east coast, man, the, the amount of stuff that chasing the wild turkey will allow you guys to see and experience different places to stay, different people to meet, networking, uh, it, it is truly incredible the places that this bird will take you and diving into turkey trips, Chris, what's kind of the, what's some of the preparation tips you have for guys that are thinking about doing this? You know, I start with a list and a legal path. Um, obviously first just seeing what will work, you know, what state you can put with what state as far as travel arrangements, do the, do the seasons line up? Um, and then, um, in your wish list, if you will, I mean, you've got to start this early enough. If any of these are going to be draw states, you've got to get your name in the hat and then that's going to kind of be up in the air until those results come back. Um, but is after you've done it a time or two, as far as what, you, how you need to pack, what you need to carry. I mean, that stuff is second nature. Uh, for me, the I guess the, the biggest hurdle every year is just deciding where to go and when I'm going to be able to get there. Yes, and that's definitely something that uh, the app definitely shows you too. So if you're wondering, you know, up to date, you know, if a draw state, because I think since, since I started doing out-of-state trips, Nebraska changed to a draw state where you have to go online and get your license really early. Uh, the app covers that. And then I want to say – uh, actually. I'm sorry, Nebraska is still over the counter, but they're limiting it to that's 10, what it 000. is. That's yep. what it is. Yeah, because because last year I, when I did my Kansas trip again, because Kansas just kicked my absolute ass the first year, and uh, and that's okay. You know, it, I learned a, a ton running around on, on public land out there. But uh, when I was going out there for my second trip, I was like, hey, you know, if I get done in Kansas early, which we were blessed enough to do that. Uh, I, I wanted to go ahead and buy my Nebraska tags because they're next door to each other. And I had already knocked Nebraska yep. off before, but I just, I love Nebraska so much. It's such a cool opportunity to run around. And uh, yeah, when I logged on last year, I think I was, there was like 320 something tags left whenever I logged on. I was like, oh my God. Cause I, I, I didn't know they were doing that. And this was like in, I mean, this was way before, I think this was like mid March, mid to late March, maybe is when they were yeah, doing that. Well, and I was like, oh, well, my. this year, this year we're going to Nebraska. So I bought one. But this year, I think they sold out in like a week. It was nuts how quickly they went. Are you kidding? So, so it's over no. for out of state guys. Oh, yeah. They, they're gone. Sorry. Maybe next year. Oh, man, dude. And, and see, that, that kind of goes with the theme of uh, I, I'm sure. Did, I mean, obviously, you're, you're right there. Did you guys go to NWTF this year? Oh yeah, yeah. We had a booth. This was our second year to be set up there. Oh dang, man! I hate. I missed you guys. I didn't know. See, we didn't connect before then, but I would have definitely yep. popped in and picked your brain. Uh, I mean, were you blown away by the the volume of people this year? Oh, it was unbelievable. Saturday, especially, people couldn't stop in the aisle to talk to us. It's like they were being pushed <laughs> along. But, you know, there were so many people behind them. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, that that was, uh, unfortunately, I'm just like you guys out there listening. I am a part-time hunter. You know, maybe one day we'll be full-time, you know, when we get old. But, yeah, I'm still the part-time hunter, so I had to work on, on you know, Monday through Friday, and we got up there Saturday, and, uh, you know, we're, you know, toting Candace behind us. She's full-blown preggers, and uh, she can only stand about three hours of it. You know, God bless her. So she she definitely hung in there, but we didn't get to see everybody. But, no, I, I'm telling you, I, I – I believe it, Chris, because there was times where I was like, I really want to get to that booth, but I'm, I'm just going to have to turn around. I can't, we can't get oh, yeah. through here. And especially when you got, and there's nothing against them, but guys wanting to stop and shake hands with THP or Mike Pentecost or any of the big names, 
yes. you know, people just yes. wrap around that corner, dude. You just can't get through there. <laughs> There's nothing you can yeah, do. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that. Last year was our, our first experience having a booth there, and okay. um, I thought thought we had the best location in the building. We were on a corner right across from where THP was set up. Wow. <laughs> Um, so lots of traffic, but, um, yeah, everybody that came around that corner was wanting to see them and not us. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just a magnet, man. They're, they're just a really good group That's of right. dudes and, and, uh, yeah, they're, they're, especially their Turkey tour stuff is, is insane. Oh, so what, what's, what was some of the feedback that, that you've gotten so far? I mean, obviously you were showing it off at the show, but, uh, what, what's some, uh, what's some of the feedback you're getting from Turkey hunters using this thing? Oh, it, it's been incredibly positive. Um, you know, it, it's just kind of, it's almost overwhelming when somebody comes up to you at the show and says, I just want to shake your hand and say thank you. Or, hey, hey man, I just want to buy a t-shirt from you because I use this app every day. And, it, you know, stuff like that, it, it really makes all the, the time it took to build it worthwhile just knowing that, um you know, it's given this guy confidence to go out of state for the first time. You know, it's made the process easy enough. He it, it doesn't seem so intimidating to go somewhere like Texas for your first out of state hunt. Oh yeah, and it, it's kind of like when and that that that's super cool, man. I I figured the feedback would be phenomenal, but it it does make the blood, sweat, and tears and all the hours you poured into it worth it. When you know, guys say, "Hey, man, I was able to go get my first whatever, whether it's you know, Eastern Osceola." Miriam, whatever, you know, using your stuff. But I think that's kind of the same thing when, you know, like Onyx really hit the hit the map and guys were downloading it. And uh, it does give you confidence, man. When you when you know the regulations, you know exactly where you stand legally and ethically when you go after these birds. But, yeah, when you go out of state and you're like, hey, I know this is public. I have it right here. I'm going to go hunt it. It does make you feel comfortable. when Because, like, when I haul off west or whatever, you know, I, sometimes I'm driving 15, 16 hours in the old Tacoma. And, uh, you know, there's no promises on the other end other than I know where public land is. So, I mean, if you didn't have, oh, that, yeah. I, I, I truly can't imagine how dudes traveled, you know, back, you know, 10, you know, 12 years ago with no mapping. I mean, you just had to, I guess you had to go to that state and get a DNR, you know, literally a physical book and find out. Yeah, I'm sure you've noticed a lot of these states don't mark their, their public very well. So no. you're probably like us. You know, when we're out of state, we've got on X open all the time. So you're driving down the road just like that piece I talked to talked about in Montana with my son. It wasn't marked. If we didn't have on X, we wouldn't have known those turkeys were fair game. That's crazy, um, man. That's wild. So I yeah, I can can thank Onyx directly for several several dead turkeys that would still be alive. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, guys, if you're planning, you know, any kind of out of state trip, whether you're just going next door or you're going several states over, uh, just the little bit that I've, you know, when we you know met Chris on on Facebook and and talked about the podcast, playing with this app, me going to Virginia, I can tell you right now, I'm going to be diving into it a lot more, but. The app is incredible. Go download it. It's absolutely free. If you want to support Chris, he's got a store link in there. Go buy some merch and let him know you heard it. But Chris, on the other half of the show, I kind of wanted to cover uh, in one of those uh, turkey hunting groups, man, that you know we talked pre-show. It gets crazy in there. There's all kind of information and topics, and it seems like you know there's some guys trolling some guys you know truly truly are looking for you know good solid information so i did a post i think tuesday of this week and i said hey what are some subjects you guys would like to hear in a podcast episode and so i've kind of got them filtered down you know just a couple of turkey hunters here on the show i figured it'd be a great opportunity to you know get your take on some of these and maybe you know me chime into but this is a let's see if i can yeah. get them pulled up here let's see yeah, so just in case you guys do want to go, you know, join the debauchery of this group here, it's 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 really incredible. It's it's called Wild Turkey Nation, and just to tell you how insano this thing, it was thirty four thousand members in it two weeks ago. It's up to fifty thousand members now, and it's it's not my group. I don't own it. I have no affiliation with it. I'm just a member. But I'm telling you, it's. 
a bunch of people are in here, and, I, and that's kind of one of the double-edged sword pieces of social media is it's good and bad. you got to really know and have a compass to navigate all this information because, you know, turkey hunting can be hard, but once you figure it out, I, I think you get in your groove and you can kind of figure out, hey, you know, that's not the way I should do that, or hey, maybe I could, should try this, or this is ethical, this is not so ethical, this is safe, this is not safe on public, private, whatever. So there, there's a bunch of subjects, but yeah, Wild Turkey Nation, you guys go check it out, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about, man. I'm telling you, it's absolutely <laughs> wild in there. So this is really, really good, really, really good. I saw actually, <laughs> I saw a TikTok before this show that actually correlates with this. You know, shamefully, I was on TikTok, but this is from Daniel... Benham on one of those groups. He said specifically what to look for scouting, like what makes a turkey habitat, specific species of trees to look for, forage, nesting habitats, terrain, uh, and he puts like e-scouting or physically. So when you're looking at, and this could be either, you know, your home state too, if you're looking at a new piece or e-scouting wise, you know, what's what's kind of your scouting tips that uh, that you found success in, Chris? I'm looking for diversity. You know, you, you don't want a monoculture for sure. So a uh, mixture of pines and hardwoods, creek bottoms, and um, and pastures, um, especially, you know, at home, southern middle Tennessee, I'm hunting cattle farms. So it's going to be woodlot surrounded by pastures uh, with the occasional creek bottom. Uh, this past weekend, I was in Mississippi scouting, um, and again, I, I'm looking for a mixture down there, a mixture of pines and hardwoods, and, and hopefully some bottoms with some water. That That's a really good tip, too. I would definitely add to that. Uh, I would say everything he said definitely lines up. Uh, I look for transition lines. Turkeys love transition lines, especially if you can find a piece that you know, may, maybe you know, a WMA or a quota hunt you're about to go on. Maybe they did a fresh burn. You know, that's always, you know, super, super good. Yes. Uh, fresh yes. growth. Uh, yeah. Just like he said, creek bottoms, transition lines, ridge systems. Uh, as far as like physical signs, obviously, guys, right now it's kind of like deer season still where I'm at. It hasn't really greened up just yet. It's getting there. I'm kind of dreading that opening day. I'm kind of hoping this spring weather kind of backs up a little bit because I like it open in the on the But if it is greened up or if you do have leaves or something on the ground, look for fresh scratching. Uh, if you're hunting like big stands of pine trees, those pine needles cover the undergrowth. Turkeys will rake that back, especially after a fresh spring rain, you know, grubs. Uh, millipedes, those smaller bugs under the dirt, they love that stuff. If you're uh, on the edge of a field, like say you're up in, you know, kind of like you see Shane Simpson hunting all the time in Wisconsin, he's walking up those, you know, CRP fields, you'll find dust bowls, you know, on transition line, dust bowls are where turkeys dust themselves for, you know, kind of an anti-bug thing. Uh, hens do that a lot. So uh, dust bowls, you know, r roost trees is kind of hard to like pinpoint specifically unless you're using you know, sound location for scouting too. I, but it, once you do find the roost, you know, turkeys are, you know, creatures of habit. They do tend to roost very similarly, or at least Easterns do. And, uh, yeah, stuff like that, man, is just stuff to keep in your back pocket. <laughs> and this is the TikTok, Chris. You'll like this, dude. Uh, this TikTok that I saw, this one guy said, this is why you don't use a turkey call for scouting. And he didn't name the state, but you can kind of see where this is going. It, it looked like <laughs> – Oh, no. It looked like this dude was sitting in like a, like a cypress head in, in Florida, which makes sense because people are definitely out down there scouting right now for the opener. And uh, this big, nice Osceola comes out of the woods and spitting drums at like 10 yards. <laughs> and I don't know what he was doing. I, and, and, you know, God, you know, I'm not trying to throw shade on this guy. I don't know him. But if you see the video, I think, I think I'm think i actually going to post this tomorrow on my page. Just I think it needs to be out there. But if you're going to go scouting, guys, and you're not a turkey, you know, if you're not established and have done this a while, turkey calling is, you know, one of the last things you do in the steps of killing a turkey. So there's a lot that leads up to, you know, scouting, you know, especially if you're using calls to scout, uh, owl hooters, crow calls, uh, Red Tail Hawk, even, you know, Shane Simpson kind of made it famous, mentioned him again. Coyote calling, you know, that I, I don't like to do it, but I have done it. But I like an owl hooter, especially in the evening, or early morning. But, uh, yeah, don't break out the diaphragm. Don't break out the big, you know, boat paddle 
Primo's uh, box call you just bought at NWTF. That's not a good scouting tool. So, uh, yeah, that's a really good lesson to learn. I'm going to have to send you that video, Chris, whenever we get, when we get yeah, down Yeah, I, I need to see that. It, it, it honestly made, it made me sick. Like when I first saw it, I was like, oh, my gosh, dude. That just break your heart. Luckily, I, I don't know how it ended, but he kind of got slick and walked back in the woods. So, hopefully – the guy didn't booger him up too bad, but golly, man, that would just – oh, that would suck. So this next one is from Jamie Van – I mean, y'all, y'all's guys' last names kill me on this on this show, man, when I look up y'all's questions. Jamie Van Perry's decoy setups and tips for new hunters. Uh, that's kind of a multifaceted question because, you know, then I would ask that guy, you know, my personal opinion, if you're on public land, if it's legal uh, – you know, just be be cautious. I'm not going to ever knock somebody for using a decoy, but you know, definitely, definitely be very aware of your surroundings. If you're if you're at a public land gate and you're in a state that allows uh, decoys on public land and it's a crowded area or a crowded morning, I'd probably leave that thing in the truck, man, or maybe go to another gate. If you're on private Absolutely. land, if you're on private land and trying to take one with archery equipment and you're in the blind and you know, you feel pretty confident that you are the only one that has permission. Again, be aware of your surroundings. If you see another truck parked off to the side that the landowner maybe not told you about, because sometimes turkey hunters and, and well, anybody hunting, if you got permission last year, surely I got permission this year. I don't even got to call them. So just be very, very cautious using Jake decoys, especially, oh my gosh, guys, full strut decoys. Be very careful doing that. So uh, decoys can be very, you know, help a young turkey hunter be successful. And really anybody. I mean, if you want to use a decoy, I'm not going to knock you, but that would be my two cents. You got anything to add to that, Chris? Um, I'm not a decoy guy either. I mean, there was a point in my career where I did carry one. I haven't in a, in a bunch of years. I would say no matter where you're hunting, public or private, if you feel the need to use a decoy, put it in a spot where if someone was to sneak in and think it's a real bird and take a shot at that decoy that you're going to be safe, you know, put it in a direction where you're going to see anybody approaching it. Um, but as far as success with them, just experiment. I mean, do what works for you. Yes. Yes. And, and I would add to that. Uh, that's a great, actually that's something I didn't think about that Chris brought up. Don't put the Turkey on, I'm a waterfowl guy, so I'm going to use, you know, don't put it on the X per se. You know, if you are got a spot where you want to kill the turkey at, it don't sit right behind the decoy. Kind of angle yourself off. Don't be in the direct line of sight because, you know, turkeys, you know, I, I, I do know they get mesmerized by decoys. But, you know, if you're going to use one, you know, give yourself that advantage. Sit in a, you know, a shady part if you can or sit off to the side. Don't line yourself directly up with that. If you can, that would be my, you know, and, and I've had success with just a lone Jack decoy. I don't really use hens anymore. If, if I do use a decoy, which is kind of rare these days, but, uh, if I do want to tote it, if I'm trying to get some footage out of state or whatever, I do use a lone Jake. It seems to be, you know, what really trips or trigger and gets a Tom to come in. And sometimes decoys really screw you up because if you're hunting the subordinate bird, which you may not know till this happens, but if you have a Tom come in, he hangs up at 50, you know, outside of the decoy, uh, there's a reason he, you know, he's, he's gotten his tail whooped before. So be cautious. Like I said, you can have success with or without decoys, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Let's see here. Go back to the next one for you guys. This one is, uh, Julian Young. This one's really good. Julian was on the call in show. So thanks for putting in a question, dude. Seeing Turkey hunting, uh, change or yeah, change from pre to post COVID and how to improve yourself as a turkey hunter, as well as public land etiquette. I'm going to let you rock this one, Chris. Um, you know, public land etiquette's a big one with me because I hunt public land quite a bit. I mean, I think it can be as simple as if, if somebody beats you to the gate, give them the spot. How hard is that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, and especially in, in say you're, you know, say you're walking into uh, a thousand acre piece and you see one truck, you know, if you, if you go on a ridge system and you see a guy flash a light at you in the morning, you know, don't just sit down within a hundred yards of the guy, you know, back out, be respectful. Cause what if you were that guy or, or like he said, like if you see a, a gate loaded full of people, maybe go to a different spot because I mean, obviously the more hunters in one area, it's not safe. First of all, safety's a big deal. Minus forget, forget killing a Turkey. You don't want to be there with a bunch of dudes. 
uh, that are hunting around on top of each other. It's just not a good idea. Uh, and obviously, okay. and obviously, you want to be successful too. So give yourself another chance. Keep keep gate bouncing or keep you know jumping different properties, and and you'll and you'll find your spot. Uh, and and sometimes the way that stuff works out is it just wasn't meant to be anyway. Sometimes birds are you know on a different piece that maybe people overlook for some reason. So definitely be adaptable. Uh, my opinion on pre and post COVID turkey hunting. Uh, well, where I live, I would say during COVID, it was kind of the perfect storm that kind of went against our local population. I think a lot of the, the WMAs got overhunted, in my opinion, because everybody was out of work for three or four weeks. So uh, typically that never happened. And I think turkeys that normally wouldn't have been killed got killed. But, you know, that's just the way stuff played out. So I think moving forward, as, as far as the Georgia turkey population goes, and I'm just speaking from North Georgia, uh, but I, I mean, I think we need to be, I think the conservative role is what we need to do. Let these birds repopulate, you know, don't be so bloodthirsty guys. You know, I, like I said, it's totally personal preference there. If it's legal, you know, I, I can't, I can't fault a guy, but I, I think I, as much advantage as we, as we can give these birds as, as true, you know, conservationists, I think the better off they're going to be. So you don't just want a turkey for yeah. this year. You want a turkey for your grandkids. So, you know, just hey, keep absolutely. that in mind. I think most of these states are doing a good job of reacting, uh, not only to, to the COVID hit, but also, you know, other reasons for population decline. Uh, I know here in Tennessee, uh, they've cut our limit from four to two um, and, and implemented some other restrictions trying to get ahead of this thing till they can figure out exactly what's going on with the population. Yes, yes. Now, and and I'm not going to lie. I was kind of bummed when I saw it, you know, drop back. I wasn't really. I didn't really care about the 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 bag limit. To me, it wasn't such a big hit. I just hated that. You know, public land guys in Georgia, they don't get to go. You know, the first two weeks. That that kind of sucks because I feel right. for those guys. Uh, private land, you know, gets less and less every day. But also, I was bummed that they kind of cut a week of the season <laughs> and we had to go. Uh, in April, because it's always been in, in March since I was little. So, uh, selfishly, I was like, dang it, you know. But, I mean, for the long run, you know, I'm, you know, my son's coming in June. So, you know, thinking, you know, that mindset, I was like, you know what, you know, that's fine. You know, if I have to have a, a couple of off seasons, you know, so be it for the turkey in the long run and concentrating on trapping and stuff to help. I think, yeah, I mean, I think people are already seeing a little bit of a bounce back from what I've been reading. So, Let's go to uh, for us. For us, they took two weeks off the front end, and they did give it back to us on the back end. But um, you know, third week of May in Middle Tennessee <laughs> doesn't feel much like turkey hunting weather. No, uh, it, it feels I, like you got to go cut the yard and do some pine straw and jump right. in the pool. <laughs> that's right. I, I'd rather have my first week of April, but again, if it, it, it helps, I. I can get on board. Oh yeah, dude, one hundred percent. And I don't, I don't think it's something you'll see forever. Uh, but you know, it, you know, so be it. If it helps a turkey and it helps see them, you know, five, six, ten, you know, ten years from now, so be it. Uh, th these next two, I'm going to lump them in together. This is from Greg White. His is uh, any topic but TSS. <laughs> How about some hunting <laughs> strategies? And and then the next one is from uh, Walter Webb. Finding and hunting strut zones, unorthodox ways to kill a mature gobbler, which kind of goes with Greg's question. How about hunting strategies? So, Chris, why, why don't you, you know, you got any stories about how, you know, you had to go after one, maybe not the picture perfect gobble strut, gobble strut, boom. You know, what? how did, you know, something like that play out for you? You know, for me, I am mobile to a fault. Um, I will... I'll take chances I probably shouldn't when it comes to moving on that turkey. <laughs> Guilty um, here too. <laughs> you know, when I when I'm sitting up on a bird, I it seems like I'm just never satisfied. I, I'll get up and move five more yards here, five more yards there. Um, you know, I think it's just the ability to be flexible, to react to what he's doing. And for me that that that's been a, a positive thing. I've been very successful doing that. You know, the old sit by the oak tree and, and call every three minutes, that, that just doesn't work for me. Yes, no, I mean, I, I've had several occasions where, uh, you know, what you're doing just doesn't, you know, just doesn't pan out for whatever reason, whether he's got hens that, that you can't physically see or you're – 
you're hearing stuff, you know, or stuff going on around you, or you know, uh, situational turkey hunting. I, I think keeping your head on a swivel, having you know, having the the frame of thought to say, okay, let me break this down. He's been gobbling in the same spot all morning. You know, I haven't thrown the kitchen sink at him yet. Do I have do I have leeway? Can I can I get off this ridge? You know, can I bounce around a creek bottom? Can I back out, circle around him? You know, some turkeys won't react to you unless you get in their bubble. So I have a really cool story. Actually, from Tennessee, we were in the uh, Jasper area. And long story short, I got on a bird at almost 12 o'clock on the nose. One of the rare occasions I strike one in the middle of the day off a friction call. And he immediately, pow, I hear him sound off. And I'm like, okay, what is on up ahead of me, you know, two, 300 yards? He was about 350 yards ahead of me in a big food plot. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe I could pull him in the woods with me. Uh, again, I'm kind of like you. I love running, gunning. Uh, I know that term gets used a whole lot. But I love lightweight, fast, quick, getting this bubble, killing turkeys. That's that's I love. That's my bread and butter there. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I strip my vest down to go to a diaphragm. I've got old Steve with me, the old 301 Stevens. And uh, <laughs> we just take off, dude. And I'm with a buddy that this is kind of his piece here. And he's like, yeah, there's a big food plot up there. It's just some winter wheat, just a basic food plot. And uh, he would just hit. I I I feel like honestly, if I had uh, like a, an old treble hook and a dip can, and I scratched it together, the dude would probably have answered me. He was just that molten hot <laughs> that morning. And you know, I mean, yeah. you, just, you just get on birds. You're like, dude, it is. He is ready to go. <laughs> and uh, and so we just kept. I just kept taking the ground he would give me. I would call. He would answer. You know, I would let it, you know, chill out. He'd gobble on his own. I'm like, dang, man, he's just in the same spot. And sometimes these birds get what I call concrete tennis shoes, and they're just in the, they're just in the zone, and they just want the hen to come to them. Obviously, that's how God designed them to be, you know, spectacular yep. and draw the hens in. So he just was not coming to me. And it, it ended up to where, and this is where the unorthodox part of the story plays in, I had to, it looked like a freaking yard sale behind me, like from 50 yards out, I was, you know, hands and knees crawling, you know, trying to inch up like a, a Vietnam sniper dude, just dragging my cheek on this pine straw undergrowth, dragging Steve through all this crap. And uh, I finally get up to where I'm within like maybe 25 yards of the edge. And, you know, I can hear the, and I was like, okay, yeah, we're in his bubble now. And so, you know, my strategy there was guys here in the show, if you, if you hear spit and drumming, the time for calling is over. I mean, I just would not do it. I wouldn't recommend it because uh, he knows you're there. He's amped up. He's doing his thing. Kind of let stuff play out before you make another call. So that's what I did. Kept it silent. I'm looking back there, and like I say, it looks like a you know Highway 41 National Longest Yard Sale. I've got vest, gloves, mask. I think I lost a shoe along the way. And, uh, and the joker just edged up to me just trying to find the hen. Finally, he kind of broke a little bit, and – he just was kind of skirting that transition line, and I was able to really squeeze one through a gap that I had, and uh, and was able to take him. But yeah, I mean, in, in that situation, I, you know, a cut and run. I knew that if I did the old, you know, sit by the tree for any two hours, he would have he would have probably, you know, lost his mood and walked off, and then that would have been it. So, you know, there's times to press the gas on a turkey, and there's times to slow play it. So, I think it, we oh, say, yeah. and we say it a lot on the show, and I'm sure Chris, you would agree. Turkeys, the the intensity and the frequency and their attitudes, and you you can almost let a turkey tell you how to kill him. Sometimes, that's right. You know he's got he's got to be in the mood. We talk about taking their temperature. You know you can almost tell by the way they react to your call um, if if they're ready or not. If that's going to be their day. Yes. No. Yeah. No. It, uh, that's a that's great advice. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. I'm skipping some of these. S- some of these questions you guys asked are kind of repetitive. Decoys and blinds, and that's not really our forte, so we're not going to cover it. Uh, let's see here. Oh, this is great. Uh, Mike Salsgiver, Mister Mike Salsgiver says, "I know you have covered gear before, but it's always a good listen. Camp setups for traveling." Uh, you know, he's from Pennsylvania. He says he hunts Pennsylvania turkey hunting. But, uh, yeah, so what what's your what does your mobile setup look like for, for you know, taking these long trips, man, out of state? Are you guys more of a, you know, hotel guys? Or are you like, you know, camp at the gate type guys? What's your rig look like? Let me tell you, I, um, I like a bed and a shower, and Airbnbs are awfully cheap. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like now, it. We, we, we've done a little truck camping, but yeah, I'll tell you, being uncomfortable doesn't kill any more turkeys. I like that. I might make a t-shirt about that and have a guy like yeah. sleeping in a thunderstorm because that's that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of what I did. I, I almost I, I'm kind of the opposite. I will definitely tap out sometimes and and get a hotel for a night or something. But uh, and, and Ben, my buddy from Bear Level, he will he will tell you I'm kind of like the travel Nazi because we went to a, a Mexican restaurant out in Kansas that year that we got our butt whooped and and we were in the parking lot of like a really good looking holiday inn. And you're talking about two guys that have slept on public land in Academy tents for three days. And he was like, dude, you know, it'd be nice to just get a shower and, you know, one night I'll split it with you. I'm like, hell no, dude, we're, we're going to go back and sleep in that spot we found because we're doing it on the cheap. So I, I almost get a thrill from like how cheaply I can do it. So right. I, I'm definitely one of the guys that'll sleep in, in my truck. So, my turkey rig, I'm, I'm in a little, you know, double cap Tacoma 2019 Sport, and this year I upgraded from just your standard, you know, hard tonneau cover to one of those soft topper camper shell deals. So this year I get to sleep and not have my nose touch the top of my the bed of my truck back there. Nice. So I've upgraded to that. I, I'm contemplating getting a little truck bed mattress, but I, I, I'm not that bougie. But but we'll see. But yeah, dude, it's a uh, it's so cool to see what people do. I watched a guy on YouTube, close proximity. He's kind of well known for for shooting with a stick and string. But that guy sleeps in right. the back seat of his Tacoma, and I think he's like six two or three. So wow. I, I would hate to know what his legs look like whenever he gets up at four in the morning. <laughs> They're all bruised up. <laughs> That that guy's a monster, but yeah, yeah, I got. Oh, uh, talking about gear too, stuff that I like to do. You know, definitely take some kind of a, and it, 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 it depends too, right? So if you're if you're way far out of state and you kill a turkey, I'm a big like my biggest thing I love about the wild turkey is their fans. So I'm a big cape guy. I'll go ahead and cape it because a turkey cape I can fold it up, put it in a, one of those really nice thick industrial trash bags, and I can pack that down in a tote. So that doesn't need to be refrigerated really until you get home and you rinse it in, in the way I mount it. But if you're going to eat the turkey meat there, that's a great camp food because if you're going to hit multiple states and you kill more than one bird, the refrigeration gets to be an issue because you're like, well, there's not a gas station here for another two hours. So if you're going to go ahead and eat the turkey, take stuff with you, season it up. You know, it's really the, the way they have these jet boils now. It's really easy to to take that stuff with you and eat, you know, camp meat. If you are going to travel with it, just make sure and keep it, you know, well refrigerated. Uh, make sure you have a plan for that. You know, it, it really sucks to let stuff go to waste, especially when you've done all that hard work. So make sure you're utilizing Absolutely. this stuff. And if you are out of state and you, you know, say you're in a bind and you didn't take anything, these local churches and stuff, you've got Onyx, you found a place to hunt. Well, Google a place to donate some meat, too. So, you know, make sure you're not letting that stuff go to waste. But, yeah, as far as the gear goes, we'll, we'll have a no, whole other episode on on that. But, yeah, out-of-state trips, man, just my biggest tip is just to make sure you plan for it, for sure. Absolutely. Let's, yeah, we've got a – I've got a reel on my Instagram page of, of my buddy Brian cooking steaks in the parking lot of a Hampton Inn with a little portable grill. <laughs> that was – that was one of the few trips that we had uh, planned to camp, but uh, got stormed out. So, uh, yeah, called an audible and went to the Hampton Inn that night. I, I like that. That's a, that's a really that's a really good tip, man. If, you, if you're eating steaks in the parking lot, you're in – see, where I'm from, they call that walking in tall cotton. You're in high cotton. That's a good uh, – you, that's right you got it made so we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll cover this last question for you guys this is from todd uh atkinson he says how long do you wait after getting a gobble and how often to call after he answers that's a that's a really good one. i'll let you cover that one chris that's what we were talking about a while ago you know it, i don't feel like i got enough information to to answer that you know did he gobble on his own did he answer me uh, is it still dark? You just really got to develop a feel for it. You know, it, it, if it's still dark and he's gobbling on his own, I'm going to let him gobble. And then just when I feel like it, it's right before fly down, I, I'm going to give him some tree talk just so he knows I'm there and hopefully will pitch my direction. But in that situation, the worst thing you can do is overcall to that turkey. Um, yes. 
I've had, you know, when I was younger and I didn't know when to shut up, I've had turkeys sit in the tree an hour after daylight, still gobbling and me still calling and not knowing any better. Uh, so there, there's definitely a, a danger of over calling in, in that scenario. Oh gosh, man. I can't tell you, dude, how, how many times, especially when I was, you know, eventually hunting on my own and my dad, you know, was like, Hey, I want to go hunt here and you go there, you know, that time in a young, young hunter's life where you're like, Oh, I get to go by myself. This is crazy. And, uh, you know, you got a bird answering and it, the, the urge to immediately answer him back is so tough. You know, when you're young, especially, you know, you yes. get your, just the gobble gets your heart pounding and you, you start getting cold sweats. You're like, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. But uh, I, I'm telling you guys, yeah, definitely being more conservative and and honestly being being quiet and calling very sparingly kills more turkeys than than really really scratching down on it. Whatever you're doing, whether it's friction, mouth calls, whatever, uh, yeah, and, and also playing the playing the temperature of the bird, like Chris said, very very good tip there. You know the frequency he's gobbling, what time of day. Uh, really, honestly, you know what time of season too? Because you know early early season is a whole different ball game than middle to late April. You know first week of May. So definitely just play it by ear, guys. That's what I would say. Uh, Chris, dude, what a freaking good show, man! I love the app. Uh, the stuff that I played with on it, I, you know, it just what an awesome resource. And the fact that guys can just go download it right now and start using it is just going to be such a huge benefit. I know you've had feedback, but I know the guys on this show are going to really, really you know, take this thing and run. You got any closing tips or uh, any uh, any words of advice for guys going into spring season here in a couple weeks? Good luck. Be careful. Um, you know, get out there early and do your scouting. It, it will certainly pay off, uh, even if, you know, even if it's out of state. Like I said, I, I've already made one trip out of state just to scout and plan on making a couple more. Um, if you're able to get in the woods early, it, it does pay dividends, but yeah, I hope everyone likes that, finds it useful. Uh, if there's any information you'd like to see us add in a future update, reach out, let me know. I know I got some feedback at uh, NWTF and made a couple of changes and added some stuff. And most things are, are fairly easy to add. So if it's something that I, I feel like a lot of use, users would benefit from, I, I sure don't mind adding it. That's really, really cool, guys. And uh, your your Instagram, one more time, so I can go follow you. It is hunt underscore 49. That's awesome, guys. Well, that's Chris Barnes, his app, Hunt 49. You guys go check it out. Go let him know you heard the show, the podcast, and uh, get this app downloaded and start benefiting from it. I'm telling you, it'll change the way – that you prepare for out-of-state trips. And it, like he said, it'll give you that confidence to pack the truck, put the miles on, haul off into that state you always been wanting to hit, and get it done, guys. Spring season's coming down the pipe, and it'll be here before you know it. This was the last day of February for us, and uh, when you guys will be hearing this, it'll be Friday morning. But, man, the the time's ticking down. I know it's slow, but it's, it's ticking down. It'll be here before you know it. So, guys, go follow the IG Part-Time Hunter podcast. Go check us out on YouTube, Mojo Buck Productions. And get your stuff ready. Get dialed in, pattern that shotgun, and tune the calls up because it's coming, boys. A lot of shows coming next week. And as always, guys, we'll catch you on the next one.